When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. So welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where I take the questions of the day and answer them from the things that are rattling around inside my head. And the question today is a question that was asked 2,000 years ago, a question that was asked in the time of incredible crisis, a time when people thought they were going to die. They asked this question. I don't know if you've ever been in a small boat in a storm. I just read the uh, account of the whale ship Essex. The whale ship Essex was a whaler out of uh, Nantucket that uh, encountered an angry sperm whale while they were trying to kill it. Um, Another sperm whale, while they were trying to kill one sperm whale, another one swam over to the ship, the main ship, and sunk it, battered the ship with so many holes that the ship began to sink. And the the crewmen, um, the crew, escaped into three different boats. They were small whaling boats. They were meant for short expeditions, but here they are trying to outfit them for a really long sea journey in the South Pacific, since that's where the whaler had gone. And most of the account is one account that focuses on the on the ship, the little boats, that the actual um, timber and the wood of the boat was rotting and had to be constantly repaired. Sometimes they'd have to swim under the boat at great risk of their life and and fix a board as it was leaking. Uh, wooden boats leak. That's why they don't make boats out of wood really anymore outside of a craft kind of experience. Um, the idea of joining pieces of wood together to make a boat is, is almost ridiculous on some level. <laughs> and the longer your boat is in the water, uh, the, the less well the, the wood does. The wood becomes, um, you know, there's, there's certainly rot and parasites that get into it. And so when we encounter the, the ship, the boat that Jesus is in with his disciples, when the storm arises, we must take into consideration the fact that this would have been a very scary experience. Maybe not for us as much in our fiberglass boats or steel boats, but for them, um, being in an open boat in a storm could be a death sentence, um, and was for many. It was for many. Um, the pressure of keeping up the demand of pro- for productivity in the fishing industry versus the risk of storm is the constant, constant uh, back and forth of the of the seafaring people. Um, what is an acceptable risk? And here they have taken a risk. Um, Jesus has told them to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is a freshwater sea, freshwater lake, but at the bottom of the freshwater lake is a is a is brackish water and salt water. The freshwater pushes down um, on the um, pushes down on the salt water to keep it down. But as the Sea of Galilee has less and less water nowadays, as sources upstream are more restrictive. Uh, the, the salt water tends to sometimes mingle up into the fresh water. Just one of those weird things about the Sea of Galilee that I always find fascinating. But here they are, this, this uh, small boat, raging sea, and 
Jesus is in the stern of the boat, asleep on the cushion. A couple years ago, went on a deep sea fishing trip off the coast of Texas, as many here do. And there were a couple guys who stayed in the back of the boat. And I was in the front of the boat with my kids because I thought they'd enjoy the pounding waves as we sailed out to the area we were going to fish. Of course, I got seasick. They got seasick. The guys in the back of the boat did not get seasick. If you want to be in the least um, volatile place in a boat, it's the stern in the back. And there Jesus is. He's asleep on a cushion. I mean, people, you know, had the same needs we do today. Uh, you sit on a hard board all day rowing. You need a cushion. And Jesus is there on the cushion. Probably the only cushion they've got. He's right there, sort of relaxed, luxuriating on a cushion while the boat is being swamped. And they asked this question, the question I alluded to at the beginning of the podcast. They asked this question, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Teacher, don't you care we are perishing? Jesus, don't you care we are perishing? And this cry that they cry out with their voice hits Jesus. He wakes up. But that cry, if we can just isolate it for a moment, is the cry of all humanity. It is the cry that we all have when our boats are being swamped, when the waves are starting to get in, when leaks are springing through the floorboards. This is the cry that we have. Don't you care that we're perishing? For thousands of years, humans have stared up at the silent sky and asked this question, don't you care that we are perishing to their gods? We have asked this question in hospital waiting rooms as we await the results of a surgery. We've asked this question as we uh, wait for a response from someone that is that we are experiencing a broken relationship with. We ask this question when we feel alone. We ask this question when we feel sorrow, when we feel grief. We ask this question all the time, at least I do. Don't you care that we're perishing? This is, to me, a much deeper issue. Because the answer cannot just be yes. It would be too easy for God just to say yes. The yes that God gives these disciples is this. Jesus wakes up, rebukes the wind, and says to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceases, and there is a dead calm. You could take a pebble and toss it out of the boat, and it would make a splash, and there would be ripples from that pebble. That's how calm the sea has suddenly become. This is the answer of Jesus. It is not a yes. It is not simply get over it. It is not to minimize their suffering. It is simply to calm the sea and say, peace be still. And I've found that in my life, the answers God has given me or the answers that have not worked have been answers that other people have given me for why Am I suffering? Does anybody care if I'm suffering? Most of the answers people have given me have been hard to bear, sometimes harder than the suffering. And we need to be careful how we share our consolation with each other. But this answer of peace 
peace be still, is the answer God really gives us. That first of all, we have to acknowledge our helplessness in the midst of the storms of our life. That we look to Jesus not because we believe in magic or easy answers, but because we believe that what his whole life is about is these situations, these situations where we are overwhelmed, where our little boats are swamped. These are the situations that the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus matters in. That he was able to live this on this earth, live this life, sit in sinking boats with us, and then follow the path of God to the cross. And there on the cross, as he offers himself a full and complete sacrifice for the world, in that act of offering, of self-offering, of giving himself for us, what he is doing is showing us that the power of death is not the ultimate power in the universe. That is the, the power of love. That is the ultimate power in the universe. And nothing can separate us from that love, not even crucifixion, not even death, not even a swamped boat. That is the message of Jesus, that in all the storms of our life, that there is one love in this world, and that is the love of Jesus Christ on the cross in the most cruel and inhumane way to die, this torturous death, in that intense experience of death and our human estrangement from God and our questioning of where is God when I'm suffering? Where is God when I'm hurting? Do you care that we're perishing? The answer is a man hanging between earth and sky. That is the answer to those questions. It is not a verbal answer. It is not an intellectual answer. It is a visual answer. It is an emotionally fraught answer. It is an answer that forces us to stare at that image of the crucified Savior. Stare at it. Look at it. Contemplate it. Think about it. Wrestle with it. Be scandalized by it. Consider it absurd. Whatever we do with it, we are forced to engage with it because that is the answer to this question. Don't you care that we're suffering? When we are suffering, we are not alone in that suffering. Jesus is there with us. He is there in our suffering, and we are there in his suffering. This is the message of the incarnation, God becoming one of us, becoming enfleshed with us is that we are never alone anymore in our suffering, that he is there with us, that he is whispering to us in the raging storm, peace, be still. And he's whispering that to you today. Peace, be still. Whatever that storm is in your life, Jesus can calm it. Jesus can calm you. Jesus has the power to change that reality. And that's what faith is, is simply believing that 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 guy that's sitting and sleeping on the cushion in the back of the boat has power over all these forces that seem to turn our lives upside down really quickly. So trust that man sleeping in the back of the boat. He's the one who loves you. He's the one who gives his life for you. He's the one who went to the cross for you. And he's the one that rose again from the dead for you. He's the one to trust.